The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And he called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, Amen. Aslan is on the move. This is one of the first statements we hear about Aslan in C.S. Lewis's children's novel, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. If you don't know who Aslan is, he's a lion who's returned to the mythical land of Narnia in order to save it from the wicked white witch. Now, as these are the first words in the book about Aslan, Now, those who might have read it, you have to imagine going back to the first time reading it. But we actually don't know who Aslan is. But when Mr. Beaver says Aslan's on the move, everyone knows that something very good, but at the same time very difficult, is about to happen. Now, Jesus in the Gospel of Mark is always on the move. In fact, there are 40 scene changes in the Gospel of Mark, which makes about two and a half per chapter. And if Jesus is always on the move, then that means his disciples are too always on the move. Now, in verse 27, we see that Jesus is on his way teaching his 12 disciples asking questions and them giving answers, all culminating in Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world. But of course, Jesus continues along the way and then gives exactly what that means to the disciples and then also to the crowds. Now, a disciple is by nature always following And in the Gospel of Mark, the twelve need running shoes in order to keep up with Jesus. See, life as it is supposed to be, 
means Jesus always leading and the disciples always following. And this happens throughout the Gospel of Mark, except for in one spot. And that is in verse 32. In verse 32, Peter takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. Now, in order to picture this, we can't, don't imagine Peter just taking him off to the side, but the image is actually Peter taking Jesus by the shoulders and moving him behind Peter, making Peter the leader and Jesus the follower. Peter actually takes Jesus, puts him behind him, and begins to teach him what exactly it means to be the Christ. Now, of course, this is a very dangerous place for Peter because it is the same place that Satan was last week when Jesus was in the wilderness. In the Gospel reading for Lent 1, Satan tries to tell Jesus what to do. Satan tried to lead Jesus. And today, Peter does the same by making himself the leader and Jesus the follower. The thing is, though, as harsh as it might sound, when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, he is actually reordering the world in the way it's supposed to be. Not just for Peter, but for all of us, where Jesus is the Messiah and Peter is the follower. There's a scene in an early apocryphal book called The Acts of Peter, and some of you actually might actually know this story if you've read the uh, Henry Sykowitz novel, Colvatus. It's also a 1951 film by the same name. But it tells the story of Peter's martyrdom. In the early 60s AD, Nero, the Emperor Nero, is rounding up Christians because he has charged them with trying to burn down Rome. Well, Peter escapes Rome, and as he is escaping Rome, along the way, he has an encounter with the risen Christ. And Peter says, Domine Covatus, Lord, where are you going? And the story goes that the Lord responds, I'm going back to Rome to be crucified again. But this is actually a call for Peter not so much a story about what Christ is doing. But when Christ responds, he actually wants Peter to go back and to lead the disciples in the way of martyrdom. Now, this account from the Acts of Peter is probably made up. But we do know that Peter did, in fact, go back to Rome and was crucified upside down as a martyr. But what's most interesting about this story is that it echoes the choice that Peter has today in the Gospel reading. Will he get behind Jesus as a disciple, or will he simply be left behind? Either way, Peter is going to wind up behind Jesus, because Jesus is always the leader. The choice, though, is whether it is someone who is always ready to learn, always ready to receive, and always ready to follow? Or will Peter settle in on trying to tell Jesus what he will learn, what he will receive, and where will he go?
As uncomfortable Jesus' teaching about dying to self might be for Peter and for each one of us, Jesus doesn't say this to dissuade him from following, but precisely because Jesus wants him and all of us to follow him. Following Jesus will not be easy because there's never a time in our life where Jesus is not on the move. There's always movement in your Christian faith. Being a Christian means always growing. Now, movement happens in a variety of different ways. It could mean martyrdom. But most likely, movement happens when you learn something new by wrestling what Jesus is trying to teach with you. Even if you don't want to hear it. Or movement happens when you're called to face tribulation or suffering. Or movement happens when you're called to serve in a way, frankly, you don't want to. See, Jesus knows that each one of us will have a tough time keeping up with him. And he already knows that we will fail at times at being disciples. But there's actually good news in verse 34. It's translated in the English Standard Version as, if anyone would come after me. But it also could be translated, if anyone wants to come after me. See, Jesus counts your desire to follow him. For he knows that Satan will tempt you, and Satan might lead you astray. But this is precisely why Jesus is always calling you back to follow him. And sometimes Jesus is, in fact, on the move precisely to save you. See, Jesus did this with him, Peter. He did this with Peter after Peter denied Christ three times. For once Jesus was risen from the dead, the first explicit instructions were to go tell the disciples and Peter to follow him into Galilee. Mark chapter 16, verse 7 says, But go tell his disciples and Peter that Jesus is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And there it is again. Jesus is on the move in the resurrection. And the disciples are bid to always follow him. Death doesn't stop Jesus from being on the move, which means there's always something next for him, which means there's always something next for you. Through the forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit, Jesus is very intent on making sure you do not miss out. So believing that Jesus is the Savior of the world and you are a disciple, then you must get behind Jesus and follow him wherever he goes. Not just some of the time, but all the time. And this takes on many different forms, from coming to the divine service every Sunday, attending Bible study every Sunday, saying your prayers every day, tithing, giving a winsome witness of the gospel to serving your neighbor in works of mercy. And there will be days when you will want to take Jesus aside and tell him that you don't need all of that, that you know what the Christ means, 
Or you might perhaps argue with Christ that there's another way. But Jesus, through his word and through his church, will reorient you to the place where you belong, following him wherever he goes. And through the forgiveness of sins, then he will restore you and tell you, let's keep moving. There's more to see. There's more for you to learn and more for you to experience. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.